Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Network and Edge Solutions Group. Hi everyone, welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where today we're breaking from our normal topics and doing a deep dive into some of our technologies. I'm Morgan Anderson, Industry Experience Marketing Manager at Intel, and today I'm joined by Patrick Foley, Lead Architect of OpenFL, and Andrew Lampkin, Software Product Manager. Uh, we all work for Intel. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Great. Um, so today we're going to be talking about OpenFL or Open Federated Learning. Um, we're going to do a deep dive into this uh, software. Um, this goes a little bit different than a lot of our technologies here at Intel as it is an open source one. Um, so let's first, let's just start off with what is OpenFL and how did it come to be? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll start with that one. So OpenFL uh, stands for Open Federated Learning. And Federated learning as a discipline was really created by Google in 2016 or 2017. They gave, they gave a name to what this technology actually is. And the, the short of it is that federated learning deals with sending the model to where the data resides out at the edge instead of sending data to a central place for the purpose of training. How did OpenFL start? And OpenFL really started um, through this collaboration with the University of Pennsylvania, specifically on something called the, the FETS initiative, the Federated Tumor Segmentation Initiative. And, and what this did was bring in 71 uh, research institutions from across the world that had brain tumor segmentation data taking the form of MRI images where uh, the, the purpose was to look at uh, tumors within these, these brain scans of glioblastoma and try to identify, the purpose of training these models was to try to identify what is, what, what is the, um, the, the line around the tumor and what can be, uh, what is termed as operable versus what is, is not. And so what the, this research found um, over the, the course of the study, and there's a paper that recently came out um, and is going to be published in, in one of the, the nature journals here in the, the next few weeks, is, is that uh, th these models were able to identify operable tumor regions 33% better than a model that was trained on public data alone. Um, so it, this is, is really you know, a, an amazing result in terms of, uh, uh, I mean, what federated learning can do. And the OpenFL framework was developed around this, this particular use case uh, to try to, uh, I mean, first make it easier for these, these research institutions to, to use this distributed software, um, as well as give them confidence that uh, the software was, was written in a way that's not going to uh, exfiltrate their, their data in some way and, and violate uh, HIPAA or GDPR restrictions uh, that are really key in, in the healthcare space. Um, so OpenFL is, is really, this, this was the start of it. And what my team in the Internet of Things group has been doing over the last two years is actually starting to build out the, that, those original research ideas and where this was originally deployed and think about other verticals, other places where uh, to, to make it, I mean, more, more of a product and something that uh, sees much wider applicability as a result of this. Yeah, I think the I think the approach was really key as well, right? I mean, I, I think I think the the project uh, very early on took the you know had the realization of you know your your main customers are are researchers, data scientists, right? And so meeting meeting them where they are and in the tool sets that they work, I think was really 
was really kind of crucial to getting things going and you know being as fast and, and sort of as robust as things are today. So you know Python as sort of a main backbone of things, and then you know the links to Jupyter Notebook and you know a lot of the model development tools where a lot of that you know where a lot of that is done. Right? Meeting them where they were, I thought was a really um, you know really kind of an accelerant at the beginning there. Yeah, this is a fantastic you know an, an interesting. Uh, use case here, just in this particular one, we'll, we'll talk about another one in a little bit, but no, I think you both hit on some great points. Meeting, you know, the people who are developing this stuff where they are, you mentioned Python. Um, is that the primary language that this is available in? Um, does it support other languages right now? Yeah, so so Python is is the, the main language that, that we support in OpenFL today. And, and the reason for that, as, as Andrew uh, mentioned in, in the last response, is, is that we try to, to meet developers and data scientists where they're at. And today, Python is is by far the, the most widely used framework for uh, or, or language for for uh, deep learning in particular, which is really really where federated learning comes into play, and it's intended to be used with deep learning frameworks such as TensorFlow, PyTorch, uh, MXNet uh, by Amazon, as well as others that are out there. But um, yeah, so so this is something that uh, I, I mean we would probably like to explore in in the future is to see how I mean we can support other uh, provide other clients for for other languages in in the future. I mean R is another popular uh, language used for uh, data science in particular. So so there might be you know reason to pursue that that direction uh, as, as well. Oh, great. Yeah, I know there's so many different languages out there. So, um, and new ones pop up all the time, right? So, uh, making sure that it's available for those that need it. Yeah, and I, I'm actually really, I'm really interested in that facet of it as well. I just the, you know, again, in meeting people where they are, the the number of healthcare and you know computer aided diagnostic and research tools that you know, could could have potential to integrate support for for this kind of approach are, are it's a really broad space. And so, I mean, I, I would I would love to see more integration there. So I'm hoping that you know we we do OpenFL Open Federated Learning is in the open source space, right? We do invite collaboration. Like I think there's so much that we can do there to really bring these kinds of capabilities, you know, almost in line, right? What in the environments that people are working in. So whether it's digital pathology or whether it's medical imaging, I think it would be yeah. That there's a that's before we even get to other industries, right? I mean, there's also financial, there's others. So pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Fantastic. No, thank you both. Um, so speaking a little bit, we did talk about a little bit of the FETS challenge. Um, so let's kind of talk about that a little bit more. You know, what did that all entail um, with that challenge um, and how, how did that run? Yeah, so, so there's two different facets to the work that we've been doing in collaboration with UPenn. Uh, the first is the FETS initiative, which was the, the worldwide federation where uh, this brain tumor segmentation model was trained on uh, this, this data that existed and, and couldn't leave uh, each of the individual research institutions working across continents especially. Um, the FETS challenge uh, is, is really an extension, uh, so it's it's a research-focused um, uh, crowdsourcing type of challenge um, or, or machine learning challenge that's built off of the, the things that were, were learned as part of the FETS initiative. So the FETS challenge took place for the first time in 2021. Uh, that was the first annual FETS challenge. Um, and we've, we've held it since, since then again this year for the second annual. Uh, but the purpose of that is to draw draw in the wider deep learning, machine learning um, research community to take a look at 
federated learning in particular and some of the, the bigger problems that uh, that come up uh, in, fe in federated learning as opposed to something like uh, distributed learning just on data sets that, that you own as a particular institution. And really the focus of that was to try to come up with first aggregation algorithms that are better at finding ways to combine the, these very different types of, of uh, data distributions and the models that get trained on them. Um, and then selecting also the collaborators who are going to take part in, in the, what's going to be selected for actually combining within those models because the, the most common um, uh, type of aggregation algorithm used today is federated averaging. This was created by, by Google in their, their 2017 paper where they, they made a, they, they published results that were a big step forward for, for federated learning as a, uh, as a domain. But um, really what that is, is a weighted average uh, that is a function of how many data sets are present on each of the collaborators who are, are part of the federation, and then just combining those at the, the, uh, at the aggregator. Um, at this central place that, that rep is represented by the server. Because we've been talking about open source um, and OpenFL, right, is an open source, what has been the experience of the team deploying and supporting this real world federation? Well, in, in my view, the I mean, the, 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 the I've, I've observed challenges, uh, but I think those challenges are, are really what has made the library and what has made what OpenFL is today, I, I think. It's, you know, there's there's certainly a lot of different focuses out there on federated learning. Um, I think OpenFL um, has earned, <laughs> really earned a reputation for being, you know, kind of the more pragmatic, the more like real world deployment focused and, and secure option. So we're, we're definitely proud of that. We're proud of that, uh, of that view. But it's it's in dealing, I think a lot of the exposure is just due to variability. I mean, variability of the network conditions of, you know, what what again? What are the realities of what's going on between those sites, between the different participants in a, in a federation? Um, also, the the skewing and the, just the realities of data format, right? Like managing managing the the data sets, how the data sets are stored, and managing the differences between them all, right? And and still enabling access. So, you know, in particular, um, in our in our you know, you mentioned open source, right? It's an open source project. We're on GitHub. You know, anyone you know anyone that's interested, right? Please come add to the roadmap. Check out the roadmap, right? There's uh, there's certainly a lot of interesting stuff going on, but some of the ones we recently completed, right, focused on you know adding features and adding capabilities around you know, straggler straggler handling, for example, is what we what we called it on, on the roadmap, right? So, how do you define and how do you support the different conditions where you know a, a node drops off? What if it comes back? How does it contribute? How does the algorithm deal with that? So there, there's you know, any one of these things, it, it, it sounds simple, but there's there's so many different complications you can get into and have to be worked through. So I'm I'm really proud of the team and the, the work that the team's done in, in, in each of these features. It's it's amazing to see it come together. Um, and the other the other one too I mentioned was the data set, you know, skewing and just the realities of like, uh, you know, everybody's gonna have a different way to store and load and everything else. So that, you know, the I think the OpenFL approach with the shard descriptor was a really clever yeah, I, it makes makes so much sense, right? Because you, you kind of free up each each site, each um, you know paradigm to kind of match and and line up how they would like their own unique data formats to be, you know, contributed and aligned with with the whole. So really, really neat stuff. Uh, I think the uh, 
we've also been a little surprised, right? I, I think I was I was surprised with how much, I mean, I, sh I should expect this in healthcare, right? But just how much um, Windows-based feedback we've got. So that's, that was interesting. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely some, you know, reality there of, hey, you, you think your your project's going to be mostly Linux, but it's, you know, it, nothing, nothing, there's nothing that has, says it must be, right? And so you, you've got all sorts of different platforms showing up and, and re, re, real world testing going on. So it's it's been interesting. We definitely added some roadmap features uh, around that as well. So good good learning experience. Um, also just seeing that the, the multitude of different deployment methods and infrastructure approaches has been interesting. You, you know, some people have, you know, have run multiple federations on one box, which is interesting, right? So um, the, the creative approaches, really interesting and differing needs. Um, that's, you know, I think I think that's what we've really gotten out of the just both deploying and supporting real, real world federations at all different sites. And in particular with the, you know, I think there's been a ton of learning with the, the FETS challenge and, and uh, the work that's been going on there. And we're really grateful for that. It's just the reality, you know, a lot of it's just the reality of the edge too. Um, you know, the hardware, hardware and hardware features do factor in, um, in in some of those cases, right? Especially when you start to get into creating confidence in, you know, the participants that are in this, right? That their model is going to be landing in a way that is secure at the at these sites, right? That get, you know, that 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 is a possibility, and that there's a way to determine and define how that gets activated. And you know some of the some of the things that um, the project has coming up here relatively quickly deal with not only providing that capability but also providing a way to enforce right and to kind of you know it's one thing to say hey everyone should be using this kind of thing it's a whole different thing to say okay if you want to join us you know you have to show that you're that you're actually set up this way and you're and you're really and truly you know being secure running it with this kind of expect expected um, setup so. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a it's it's been definitely an interesting uh, experience there. I think you touched on a couple of things that are are definitely challenges that we've we've uh, run into on on the OpenFL team. So, a lot of the things that we've learned as part of the the FETS initiative. Um, I mean, when when it comes to deploying this, you know, any kind of software in a healthcare setting, there's there's a rigorous security review that uh, the software needs to go through in order to actually make its way to this infrastructure that protects really confidential private information that shouldn't be shared. And so the design of our, our framework really took into account a lot of those concerns as a result of, of working with um, these groups. I mean, down to the network layer of, uh, of, of only having one open port and, and the way the topology looks like, and I'll, I'll get into, I guess, the details here a little bit of, of how OpenFL is set up, but there's an aggregator, which is the server node that collects all of it. It provides the initial model that's going to be used for the federated training. And it uh, is, is that central point for actually combining all of the models after a round. And then each of the collaborators are represented by uh, the individual research institutions and a process that runs where it's a wrapper around uh, whatever the framework is being used to actually train the model. So it could be TensorFlow or PyTorch. There's typically a, a validation step that happens, a, tr a training step, and then another validation step on the, that locally trained model before sending all of this information back to, to the, the central node. 
Um, but the way that we've set up our network infrastructure is so that only the aggregator exposes a port. There's nothing that needs to be opened, no, no additional ports on the collaborator side by the individual research institution. So, so that was pretty critical in terms of getting this through all of the um, these, these security um, uh, reviews that, that we had with these teams along the, the way. Um, another thing that we, we really built into our framework was to, I mean, with any distributed application, there's, uh, there's some risk of something making it into your, your network that you don't want to be there. And that can take the form of remote code execution. It can take I mean, the form of having some attacker have access through a particular port that's open. So I addressed the port already, but in terms of the information that's actually sent over the network, we only deal with the level of the individual model weights and the metrics that are being sent bi-directionally. So there's no code that actually gets loaded in, into a, the, the underlying uh, network or uh, a serialization implementation that we use called Google Protobuf. It's just the, the weights of the model. So the, the, the models themselves and the architecture of them is sent out of band to all participants ahead of time. And then the only the weights get sent over the network during during execution. So these type of, of design choices um, for OpenFL have really had a big impact on us being able to successfully make our way into these these healthcare settings. Um, so and, and the other thing that I think Andrew was was mentioning there, alluding to, was uh, the, the the confidence that. Uh, individual researchers and, and participants who want to come into these federations have that the, uh, the whatever is, is being loaded is not going to be doing something with their data that, that it shouldn't. And so um, in, Intel has uh, a, a hardware capability called uh, Software Guard Extensions, SGX. And the Intel Labs team that originally collaborated with University of Pennsylvania and IOTG, um, some of the, the members of that team are, are def definitional founders. They're the security, security and privacy research team. And some of them are definitional founders of this underlying technology. And, and what it does is actually lets you run a, a particular piece of code within what's called an enclave. So everything that runs in the enclave can be seen directly by an attacker who is local to, to that, that same system. Um, and it's it's also difficult for that what what runs within that enclave to to get out in in some cases too, so this protects the model weights from being observed. And if you think about the the model as intellectual property, which a lot of our, our customers and a lot of people that were taking part in this actually do, the model weights really represent the uh, what you wouldn't want to to be stolen. And so if there was someone who did gain access to to one of these. Uh, research institutions through through other means, they wouldn't be able to actually see the model weights during training, during memory, in memory. So, uh, so this is a capability that's part of OpenFL today. We have integration with a uh, another piece of software called Gramine, uh, which is a library OS and lets you run an unmodified application within SGX. Um, so this is really a nice improvement to the SGX implementation that we've we've had in the past because it doesn't require any other modification to your source code beyond just running within this other other tool that we can pull in. So we have some exciting things planned in, in this space around building on top of that core SGX infrastructure to really bring a lot more confidence to people who want to take part in these, these federations so that they uh, they, they aren't as worried about the code that's going to run on, on their, their data, and they're, they're less worried about the, their data being, being stolen or embedded within the model in some way. Yeah, I was about to say, I can, I can go to the 
OpenFL project page right now, right? And and through Grameen, um, it, it's it's very. I mean, it, it is container based, right? And it it is you you wrap, you do a manifest, and you're you're almost there, right? It's it's it doesn't require any changes to the code. It really it really is pretty convenient. Um, yeah, so interesting to explore that. And I think you know I, I mentioned too, right? The enforcing that people are, are using that too, right? Is is another interesting management aspect of federations, I guess. That you know, uh, again, the team's working on. There'll be some exciting stuff coming coming here pretty soon. So, yeah, no, fantastic. And and working with that, right? I'm glad you both touched on the security aspect, right? It is healthcare stuff that we are talking about, right? So security of the data is utmost importance. Um, so fantastic. That was a wonderful. I really just want to call out that the security, so we have three different pillars that we like to say within the team that are part of OpenFL. Security is, is one of them. Usability is another. So we want you know researchers, people to bring their, their models in, but also take their models from research all the way to production and then scalability. So being able to, to support, I mean, hundreds of, of collaborator nodes and, and being able to, to think about you know, the resilience of our, our network infrastructure and, and how, how that comes into play. So security is it's something we, we think about with every design choice that, that we make. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and speaking of like open source and stuff that we just kind of run down, right? Community. Meeting the data scientists, developers where they're at, right? Um, so there's a community around this um, through GitHub, through like a special Slack channel. Um, so how has helping create these communities also allow for potential future implementations to come about? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think we, we touched on it a little bit, right, in, in just the challenges that we've observed, right? Um, I think there's a there's a great deal of that, for sure. We, we love it when, you know, I think I think everyone, it's not just, and, and it's not just, um, you know, our original team that's in there either, right? We, we've got collaborators from all over uh, the healthcare industry, and then there's also other industries as well that are starting to join and realize the value and and even contribute back. So we, we're definitely really grateful for everyone's contributions so far and all the donations of code and and uh, pipelines and all sorts of uh, docs improvements and everything else. So thank you. I think that uh, as far as where we're headed in the future, like that that is, that's it. We want to make it as community driven as we possibly can. And so the improvements we're putting there are you know really enhancing how people can contribute, what kind of guidelines there are, how they can rank up. Um, and there's also some um, some big announcements that are coming too, right? We're looking at what sorts of what sorts of foundations might make sense, right? And how we how we go and really truly live what we're what we're talking about here and, and have it be a project you know by the community for the community. And you know, a big part of that though is the structure, and we want to. We we do think that there's been a, a lot of success in how things are structured so far, right? And keeping us grounded and keeping the features, you know, be serving you know reality and you know some of the challenges there. So there's um there's a concept I really like that the team is talking about, which is you know propagating forward the kind of like industry industry challenge or industry overlay on top of you know what what the project becomes and so um you know having having the experience of supporting a challenge like like fets right for example um you know and and those kinds of things are just invaluable and so being able to pull from a kind of common pool and put together what's right for a certain industry and test it make it into a you know a really fantastic pragmatic solution is what we're what we're aiming for there so you know i think it's 
um, that's where we're heading. Um, as far as you know, where federations go as a thing, right? I think it's super interesting to think about that. Um, sort of, even what we have today is really futuristic when you when you talk about it. But you know, when you think about being able to leverage you know networks of sensor equipped devices, you know, not necessarily um, what what's even you know. I think there's been a lot of focus on medical imaging. There's also other you know adjacencies to that that make a lot of sense. Um, really cool to see and imagine, you know, what you could do in a truly digital hospital, you know, equipped and participating in, um, a, you know, a, a federation. It's really, really interesting. Um, and that's before we even get to like federations as a service, right? Or, or even like federations as like premier research fellowships, right? I mean, that's that that's that's such a valuable resource. But you know, these are these are here today. It's just that there's room to grow and really room to take the building blocks like what we're providing with OpenFL and, you know, what the community will put together in the near future um, and take it forward and, and go. So pretty cool stuff. Um, and there's a, there's a whole new, I mean, we're adding a whole new workflow, right? That's going to enable a bunch of new use cases um, as well. So, you know, talking about people creating their own solutions, creating their own answers and, you know, addressing even and expanding even into some of the areas that we haven't necessarily, um, you know, bent down before. So, uh, it's it's pretty exciting times, I think. Um, so just to expand a bit on on what Andrew mentioned, so work work the the workflow interface um, is is this idea that the so so OpenFL is really set up well today for horizontal federative learning, where there is a centralized model that uh, the aggregator node starts out with and then sends that to all the collaborators for training on on their data. Um, it, it typically performs three different tasks. I, I said that these were validation, training, and then that local model validation on its locally trained model before sending these back to the aggregator. So there's a pretty well-defined horizontal uh, learning workflow that's in place today. But what we've really found, and this is this comes back to the point about community um, uh, um, feedback that, that we've had, is th that horizontal federal learning workflow doesn't support every use case. And, and so we want to have, provide ways of, of giving people a lot more flexibility in terms of uh, first, I mean, what tasks actually get performed at different places. So, I mean, there, it can, it's, it's fairly easy to train a single model in a federation today, but there's other use cases that we've, we've had where there's an ensemble of, of models. There could be seven or eight that are training on slightly different hyperparameters. And then there's a, a voting uh, scheme that happens at the end of that federated training. And so how, how is that supported in, in OpenFL? It can be done with some of our interfaces, but it's not an easy thing to do. And we had to be, I think, fairly honest about that and, and looking at, you know, the design of, of our framework and thinking about how can we make this easier for, for the research community to, to come in to, to the platform and, and bring their new ideas that really expand the capabilities of what we're, we're trying to offer. And the, the main thing that we, we, we care about is trying to enable the, the greatest diversity of, of use cases that are, that are out there because the privacy preserving machine learning is, is still, I mean, a fairly new field in, in the context of, I mean, all of, all of machine learning and all, and I mean, the, the history of, of where these things have come from. So we think that there's going to be combinations of horizontal FL with maybe, you know, other areas like homomorphic encryption could, could come into play there. I mean, there could be, um, I mean, uh, ver vertical federated learning, I haven't really made a mention of, but it, it is, takes a different approach than horizontal FL, where a, a subset 
of a model or potentially multiple models are trained on different collaborators. So being able to coordinate you know, what the flow is of the sequence of tasks, as well as getting to define what gets sent over the, the network and, and how it does that and how people reason about um, those decisions that they make so that they can be making the, the right, and this all goes back to, looking at doing a strict security review of, of OpenFL and, and how we are able to engage with customers who want to be able to deploy this in production. We, we need to have mechanisms that are simple for the purpose of, of review and also make it easy to tie in with those researchers who are who are making these decisions. And, and those different identities might not always have the same you know common knowledge. And so going from from one, I mean, the, the researcher all the way to the security review is something that, that we're we're trying to make design choices that that make that easier. Yeah, well, well said. I, that, I'm super looking forward to this too. So, <laughs> thanks thanks for giving us a preview. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you both um, for joining me today on this special uh, deep dive into one of our solutions, OpenFL. Um, is there anything else you both would like to add before we wrap up today? Please engage. Uh, we really mean it. We value the community. Um, I think there'll be some linked resources uh, for this episode as well, hopefully. And uh, I, I really would look forward to, to seeing you on GitHub discussions or on a Slack channel. This is this is great. So thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to add on to that, I, I think the the more you know users of I mean people who are new to federated learning developers who don't have a lot of experience in this domain bring bring your questions and ideas to to our community because we we want to be able to uh, I mean work with people who are new to this because it's a it's a relatively you know new domain and we it, it's kind of an exciting place to be where there's a lot of potential for community impact in terms of the direction of where all of this heads so so we we want to work with you. Great. And if anyone has any questions, where can they reach out to you both? So I, I think that one of one of the good places is directly through our, our GitHub. So we have an issues tab that uh, anyone can sub submit an issue there. Uh, we also have a Slack channel uh, for, for OpenFL, which is a great place to get directly in touch with developers. Um, and then, I, I mean, speaking personally, you can send me an email at any point at patrick.foley at intel.com and ask me a question directly. So. Uh, happy to happy to work with with anyone who who wants to who's interested in OpenFL. Great, thank you both again for joining me today on this episode of Health and Life Sciences at the Edge. Make sure to subscribe for more content like this. Thank you. Bye.